Mini Wargamer Dave here from MiniWargaming.com. Welcome, Wargamers, to the Shrine of Chaos. Today we have a very special guest. You've heard his voice before, and if you haven't, hear his voice, and then you'll never forget it. This is JT McDowell from Play on Tabletop. How are you today, JT? I'm doing absolutely fantastic, Dave. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, always a massive pleasure, sir. And, uh, okay, so first off, there's a lot of stuff that I, I want to dive into with you. Uh, you're, you're a veteran of the hobby, and there's a lot of uh, experience that you have. Uh, so the topic today mainly is complaining. Complaining about <laughs> the hobby. Why, why? Why? You know, like, first off, why? Why do you think there is so much? Is I mean, is that is that typical in any industry, gaming industry, where people love the game so much, they just complain? They have this. Yeah. It's like, what is it about it? Is, is it, you know? Like I think there's an element of that. I think there is an element of that, that, that people love something so much that they're just committed to don't mess with my fun. Mm. I mean, you look at sort of some of the fandoms like Star Wars Star and Wars. Star Trek and, and, you know, I mean, those are the two, even Marvel, a lot of these stand out. And then if you do something non-canon, oh, what would be, a, what would be upon your head? You're going to get eviscerated. Mm -hmm. But I, I think the investment that people have in it, not just emotionally, but even financially, I think that maybe causes it. Mm. But I've never, I mean, I used to complain about it, sure. But then I got to the point where I realized that this is supposed to be fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is my zen. <laughs> this is relaxing. And and complaining isn't fun to me. So I just, you know, I might moan once in a while, like, oh, really? That's how that works? Uh, okay. But in the end, it's just a game. And it sounds dismissive, but it isn't. Because I don't want negativity to jump into into my game. You know what? That's, okay, that's very... I think... You, you hit on something there, and uh, by all means, uh, viewers, when you're uh, and listeners as well, like uh, leave your comments. Let us know why you think people complain so much, and it's so apt for complaining. But I think what you said there makes sense. That it is because we personalize it so much. We person we tailor our experience to the game, and when something doesn't go the way we want, it it interrupts that flow of enjoyment for us, and we want to steer it back. Uh, and therefore, we complain about it, even though it's something we're just uh, lit, we love. And you said something interesting as well. You said it's just a game at the end of the day. And although that is true, it is just a game at the end of the day. I would dare I argue to say that it is more than a game for many people. I, I think you're right. I think I think it takes on uh, a bigger aspect. I think it's a huge, it's a huge undertaking and a huge part of a lot of people's lives. A huge part of my life. I mean, good grief. Uh, we have a channel dedicated to making Warhammer battle reports for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. um, that's a big chunk of, uh, you know, half a dozen of us lives just to, to do this and to produce this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it is a big deal. But in the end of it, the concept that I have that it is just a game, it, it, it lets me let go of some of those things that I can't really control. Mm -hmm. Like the big one right now is in the competitive scene, the Drakari Codex is nuts. It is, it is incredibly strong, mm -hmm. um, bordering on broken. Mm -hmm. And there have been a lot of people complaining about it. Uh, at a recent um, GT level or, or huge major level event, um, I think five or six of the top 16 lists were playing some version of Drakari. Mm -hmm. That tells you that, okay, maybe there's something wrong with this book, or maybe there's something wrong with how people are playing against it. I mean, the numbers say that it's got a 70-plus percent win rate, which is insane. Mm. Um, that says that this is maybe a little strong. Mm -hmm. But to complain about that, to to fight against that is literally like, I mean, you're, you're punching the wind. There's, there's Games Workshop is going to adjust it or they're not. They have a plan or they don't. And when I say it's just a game, that's where I look at it because I I can waste all that time and energy and angst and worry about it, or I can just keep playing and hope that it fixes. Mm -hmm. Like right now, I don't even play it socially anymore. I won't play my Drakari Codex against guys for fun in the in the small bubbles that I have because it's too strong. It's too strong. Um, Interesting. It's way too strong. I mean, if if we're gonna set up a game in this era of COVID, where okay, so um, I've sanitized the table, I've set everything up, we've got everything ready to go. We're both wearing our masks. We're doing our thing, and it's only certain guys in the bubble that can do this, right? Mm -hmm. Staying in our health regions because that's what our provincial order is right now. You can't travel outside your provincial health region. And if we do all that, why would I bring a list that in two to three turns is going to end the game? 
you know, if somebody is, is spending that time and effort and I'm doing the same, why would I do that? Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin some, let's play a full game here. Let's have something competitive. Yeah. Um, so I don't play it anymore. So, and that's what I mean by it, it is just a game. It's your game. You can play your game how you want. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what it comes down to. But um, I just, I, I don't see the point um, in wasting all that energy. I have other things I got to worry about. Um, I'm old. <laughs> My it, knees are shot. <laughs> do, you, do you think it stops becoming competitive when it becomes so imbalanced that one army is so much stronger than the rest? I think it, it one of two things have to happen at that point. The, the meta, the, the lists around it have to change. Um, but as we saw recently at the Dallas Open, even lists that changed didn't change hard enough, and they weren't good enough to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think there does need to be a rebalancing. The concern that I think a lot of players have is if they nerf it into the ground, what happens when the next book comes out and it does exactly the same thing, right? Um, the problem, I mean, I'm we're not in on the, at least I'm not in on the, the prognostications of, of great granddaddy GW, so everything i take everything i say with a grain of salt folks because i really don't know what's going to happen next i feel though that the next books are going to redress some of this and show some of the power that the drukari have right now playing into the current meta with the three books that we've had this year or two books we've had this year mm-hmm. i think the next books are going to really take the top off that and open it up a little more but you know but in the meantime a lot of people are complaining about it mm-hmm and you know what complain away like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna begrudge somebody who wants to complain about it let them mm-hmm. that's their hobby if that's fun for them great i don't have to listen <laughs> <laughs> i can just scroll right by you know and and that's the wonderful thing about the internet is it's also the worst thing about the internet is that you, you can just scroll right by you don't have to listen to it you can agree with it or not mm-hmm. um but when it comes to complaining complaining isn't new and it's not just about the Drakari codex i mean you and i have been in this I hate to say this, but we've got probably over half a century between us of gaming experience when we really think about this. There's always been somebody complaining about something. I mean, we can always. go all the way back. To, and remember early fantasy. Um, I mean, I remember, was it fifth edition fantasy where the dark elves and the repeating crossbow silliness was just insane? The bolt throwers. It was the bolt throwers. Okay. You remember that? Okay, I mean, so, and So this is something I have heard of. Not not experienced, but yes. Oh, am I that old? <laughs> well, okay. So uh, to be fair, I've never played fantasy. So mm. uh, yeah, I I could be a veteran player, and I, I still wouldn't. Uh, but I have heard of it because I've just heard it in passing and talking about it, right? Because they're like, oh yeah. yeah, I've heard it before because it was such a big deal. It was it was huge, and that was where a lot of times um, things like comp army comp Mm -hmm. so if you take x unit you're deducted y points and stuff like that would happen um so that was that was something that happened because the game was inherently imbalanced and at the time um games workshop wasn't really into the balancing aspect of it they were into making cool models and they've really come around on that in the last few years there's been some other game systems that have kind of died because their rule systems just didn't hold up um and i can think of a few Right now, I won't mention them out of, out of fairness to them, um, but when you when everything's broken, nothing is actually really fixed, and that's kind of their system and the way it went. But Games Workshop's changed that. They're they're responsive. They're just not as responsive in a in a COVID environment, I think. And I think that's also a factor we need to worry about. Mm. Um, but I, I the complaining has always been a part of the hobby. I mean, I remember in BattleTech when the clan invasion happened. And everybody complained about these, oh, the OP weapons and they're, you can target a mech and you can shoot its head off from across the map. But that's not every game has it. Mm-hmm. Every game has complaining. And I think <laughs> I think it's ingrained into the hobby. Like, I really think it's part of it. Um, I mean, I've taken part in it. We all have at some point. Is it healthy? Um, uh, I don't think it is. I think some people need to get that release. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think and it's funny. I think that there's. Um, the hobby is a release for a lot of people. It, it's mm-hmm. it's you can phase out of existence for a while and you can be on the tabletop and your level of immersion varies on who you are and how much you want to put into it. Um, but I think for some people to get that angst out and that energy out and that stress of the day out, maybe they bring that into the game and then they complain about the game and it takes it away. Mm. Um, maybe there's a transference to what goes on there. I'm sure there's psychiatry professors and stuff watching us right now that can tell us better how that works. <laughs> but it's it's also funnier. The, the older I get, the less that I care about those things. So I think that's part of this too. Um, but I know guys my own age who still grumble about everything. Right. And, they, and it's like, 
uh, why why <laughs> if you're complaining about the game so much why are you playing and if you complain about the players you play against you know there's one common denominator that exists there right. in every game you play and it's you yeah so is it you or is it the player or is it the player yeah so okay so someone uh, left an interesting comment here they said uh, i stopped watching a number of youtube channels that just turned into gw hate vids that's that's a curious thing too because that is kind of its own thing that has morphed into existence it has hasn't it yeah yeah uh, there's that, a lot of rants and raves and and raging against the the games the game manufacturer again i think it's that entitlement thing right you feel invested i don't entitlement's not the right word invested you feel invested okay um i think a lot of times with um when we talk about toxic fan bases like and star wars has got to be one of the worst uh, i have a 14 year old son and and he comes to me and says dad why do people hate on this why do people hate on this and i'm like because they don't get it man it, it's just don't you try to explain it to them and people hating on the different prequels and the sequels and all this stuff I'm like yeah well they're meant for a 10 year old kid they're not meant for a 40 year old grown man mm-hmm. like watch star wars again the movie's crap <laughs> the movie really is, I love the movie. It is a seminal work in science fiction. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. But the movie is kind of dumb. Like it's, it's, it's literally, you know, boy grows up, boy finds mentor, boy saves the day. Like this is not uh, an epic storytelling journey. The movie was just cool to watch and it was fun. And, and that's what it was meant for. But if you watch it as if you can put yourself in the mind of a 10-year-old kid and watch Star Wars, dude, you love it. Mm-hmm. that's what it's for and it's it's we start i don't know if there's a transference of um what's the word nostalgia mm-hmm. that people get maybe that's what causes some complaints mm-hmm. and i can see top tier players worrying about the state of a competitive meta in a in a 40k game or in a, in a tabletop game because they're deriving some i wouldn't even say financial benefit from it because some are, mm-hmm. but they're deriving sort of their name and their brand and who they are from that. And yes. that's what drives them in the hobby. So yeah. it's a concern for those players, for sure. Right. If the parent company doesn't want to fix it, well, how the heck am I supposed to compete? Am I going to jump armies every week? Right. So Which then a lot of these guys you do should. that, right? Yeah. They do. They learn multiple Because armies. they know. Yeah. It, you know, it's... It, okay, so in my position where I, I don't focus on the competitive nature of the game, I, I focus on the more so the storytelling aspect of the game. Uh, so I, I find that new rules, things that come out, super powerful, it doesn't have the same effect on me. And I think even if I was, which I wouldn't be, but even if I was the type of player to play more competitively and in tournaments, I think it's also personality based because I just I, I, ultimately I care about bantering and having fun than I do about uh, the specific rules and balance and, and uh, gameplay. That's just uh, that's my take on it. So I think it, it really comes down to personality, because uh, I'm just trying yeah. to think of what what do I complain about in the hobby? <laughs> people complaining? <laughs> yeah. Why are there so many people complaining? I hate that. Like, what, what is a? I mean, I mean, there's like obvious things that stick out. Then like, okay, that's that's not cool. Why did GW yeah. do that? You know, there's like, the, but that's different than the game of Warhammer yeah. or the balance yeah. of of the armies or whatever. That, that that's different that's like ooh, that was a kind of questionable uh choice why do they do that you know it's more so out of uh curiosity um but uh complaining uh ranting about it that's not something that i've done uh to any really real extent uh i don't think you know years past i'm sure i have i i, I know that and, and i've not just games workshop or warhammer or um traffic or <laughs> the lineup at Starbucks or uh, whatever it might be. Uh, I've, I've gone on some epic rants, um, a lot of angst, a lot of anger, a lot of tension in, in the young JT. Um, but as I get older and I realize that it's just, you got to pick your battles. Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of this, honestly, it's the COVID hangover that we're all dealing with right now. We can see the end of that mm-hmm. tunnel and we know that it's coming mm-hmm. and we want to get going and we want to get out there and we want to play. And then, wait a minute, the moment I hit the ground running, I'm going to get my butt kicked because the rules are not where they should be. And, hey, this isn't cool. What are you doing, guys? And I can see how that could ramp some angst up for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it's, you know, <laughs> as the benefit, the beneficiary of amazing Drukari rules, 
Um, and, and they are, they are exactly what I didn't want to have happen. <laughs> They're so good that I, I just, I shake my head. It's been really hard to play them at a competitive level because they haven't been a top tier army for a very long time. Um, the players that play them and play them well have been able to play them at top tiers because they know the army so intricately right. and they, it's, it's very multi-layered. Mm -hmm. It's unlike some armies where you can just shove models forward. Um, Drakari is an army that you have to, I have to pick this and this and this, and your target priority is very important because it's all about overlapping all sorts of things. It's very intricate. And the detail that you, you have to bring to a battle, you have to do a lot of thinking mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of energy. Now they've given you, all of these abilities and that thinking isn't as hard anymore and it's like oh man this is just like kind of playing on easy mode and it has been and that's why like i said i've, I've shelved them I'll, i'm i'm diving diving into the codex to find weird stuff to play because i'm like oh this is cool let's see how this works and even that is like jesus is really strong <laughs> but it's also you know we don't know what's coming next. We don't know what the GT 2021 book is going to look like, where they adjust points and balance stuff. We don't know what any of this looks like. Yeah. Yet. It's all unknown. So, it's all kind of, it's the... all unknown. So I see where the angst comes from and the frustration and, and the anger. Um, but that complaining part of the hobby has existed as long as I can remember it. And, and I just, I, I used to take part in it. I mean, I was, I, I get it. I look back now and wonder what the heck was I doing? <laughs> I don't get it. I just don't anymore. You know, I've, I've, I've played at some of the top tables in the world and I've, I've played in some of the top events in the world and I have more fun just playing the game yep. than trying to win the game. To try to win. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, right. okay. So uh, here's an interesting comment. So uh, full frontal on YouTube says, I feel that the price of the game is the biggest thing that people complain about, and rightfully so. So let's talk about the price of the game for a second. Ooh, that's a good one. Price of the game. Um, I mean, is it... Uh, why Why would people complain about that? Is it because it's expensive? It's expensive? It keeps, seems, seems to keep going up. It doesn't seem to keep going down. But then again, nothing ever does go down. But is it, is it not relative? To like, okay, let's say there's another hobby you want to get into. <laughs> oh, I got uh, one for you. Uh, gardening, golf, Go yeah, ex exactly right. That's golf, right? It, that's an expensive <laughs> hobby. Uh, yeah. Gardening is you do it every year. You drop a lot of thousands of dollars if you if you own a house. Yeah, yeah, just to maintain your your gardens or whatever, right? Uh, shovels break. Shovels break. Hoses know, hoses leak. Plants die. You know, like the, there's. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. So is it expensive? Well, compared to what? Compared to other hobbies? Uh, it's like it, it, in my mind, that's a weird one because it's the price is what it is, yeah. and, and you have the choice to buy it. So is it? Ex help me help me understand this. Uh, yeah, it's a tough one because um, the game looks incredibly attractive. It's marketed to. Um, it's not marketed to guys our age. It's marketed to, you know, teenagers, to um, early 20-somethings. This is the target audience for these guys, that 18 to 34, right? Um, and even before then, you see an older brother or you see a friend playing it and you think it looks really cool. But for a 15-year-old to go in and spend 80 bucks on a kit, that's a lot of money for a 15-year-old. Yep. Um, and I get that. And then when you realize that, holy crap, this is so expensive – it's the difference between what I want to make my army and what I need to make my army. It's the, it's, it's the same thing in gardening. It's the same thing in golf. Sorry, my dog's barking. <laughs> That's, that would be the mailman. Um, <laughs> is, if, apologies, everybody. Bruno is loud and he doesn't like to be quiet when the mailman comes by. Flesh, so, flesh hound. Uh, he, he's my corn flesh hound. Yeah, absolutely. He's adorable <laughs> too. A 90 pounds of, I'm going to take you out of the knees. Nice. Um, so, you're spending money on on gardening. You, why do you why do you put flowers in your garden? Because it looks pretty, and because other people want to look at it, and you want to brighten your neighborhood, and you want to sit in your backyard, and you don't want to look at just dirt. You want to look at pinks and blues, and and you know stuff flowers in the spring. Okay, now it's time in May. We've got to drop put new stuff in so that it flowers in the summer, and then we've got to put stuff in for the fall. So you're you're, you're spending all the time, and it's getting enjoyment out of it. Mm -hmm. So a hobby is something that you do for enjoyment. Complaining about the price of a hobby, though, I think it's – I don't get it. Yeah, it's a um, tough one to get because it's like 
you want to do it you feel like you have the need to get it and and that need sometimes overcomes the want and because you feel the need and you feel the marketing and you feel the advertising and you feel the necessity and so and so won this tournament with this unit and this this is what makes your army good and and the guys at the shop are saying this is what you should get and then you feel pressured into it and then you get it and then you maybe don't assemble it or you maybe sit on it for a while and maybe you feel guilt i don't know maybe that's part of it um but it, it, I have such a ridiculously large collection of models now since I stopped golfing. Um, like, I kid you not, I, I have four drivers in my garage, and that's just what I have left. Mm-hmm. And on an average price, a driver is about five $600. Yeah. yeah. That's, and that's one club. Um, I have four putters, five putters. Mm-hmm. Again, two $300 putters. We're not talking about your little blade putter that you got in your grandpa's old set. We're talking, you know... Um, custom-made Yes Golf putters, custom-fit ping putters, uh, Scotty Cameron putters, if any of you golf fans know out there. Yeah, they're in my garage. I don't use them. They're just sitting there. Um, <laughs> my irons are probably still worth $1,200, $1,500. Could you say that it uh, contributes to your golfing pile of shame? It's No, it's my golfing pile of potential. Okay. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, when the knees get healthy again, hopefully this summer, uh, with the new knee and, and uh, the other knee doing its thing, hopefully we get back out there and get to play again this summer. I can't play anywhere near what I used to, mm-hmm. but I still absolutely love the game. And yes, it's expensive. It costs you 60, 70, 80, 90, 120, 150, $300 just to play on a golf course. Mm-hmm. I mean, out your way, north of you guys in the Muskokas are some amazing courses, and I love playing up there. Mm-hmm. But that's $250 round. Like, that's that's a lot of money. That's just, that's after you bought your equipment. That's after you've mm-hmm. paid 60 bucks for a dozen of golf balls. That's after the beverages that you're going to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's on top of all that, just to play it is yeah. a $250 fee. Yeah. That's a lot of money. But you do it because it's your hobby. Yes. And it's fun. And sure, you can complain about it. But why? You're out. And I mean, in, and this is the other thing. We're not in a hall with 600 other people all sharing the same experience right now. We're all sitting at home in our computers and watching this stuff happen, especially up here and especially in other parts of the world mm-hmm. where the U.S. has opened some stuff up and we all just sit here and drool and wish we could be there. We can't affect the results, right? Yeah. You know, but at least with golf, if you're out in the golf course, you're with, you know, three of your buddies, you're in fresh air. Yeah. You're having a couple of wobbly pops. You're enjoying yourself. A couple of what now? Wobbly pops. That's that's the technical term for them. (laughs) (laughs) Because you have a couple and you start to wobble. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's, you know, I think I, I understand why it said that the hobby is expensive when compared to other less expensive hobbies. Uh, a lot of times it's magic, the gathering, that's the comparison. It's like, Oh, it's way mm. more expensive than magic. Well, you're, you are correct when you say that, uh, to get into magic, it is less expensive. You don't need as much in order to continue your hobby with magic, but it could also be said that, uh, uh muscle cars is more expensive than Warhammer. So it, it, it's all really relative to yeah. what your enjoyment level and the priority that you put on uh your your satisfaction with your your getaway and your escape and your and your hobby so uh, okay i would say it's it's moderately priced because you can go like ridiculously expensive and then you can go cost nothing my hobby's free i read books right that's my hobby i'm a reader uh you know that's like no cost library card in your set in your set right yeah. uh okay so uh, GW is more expensive than other tabletop games. Uh, yeah, I'd say on average. Probably, yeah. yeah. I would yeah. say, yeah, to collect a full-size army, to play in games against other players, then yeah, you would be spending more money. I think that's accurate. I'd also say their quality is better than anybody else's on the market. I I don't think any other company is making plastic-injected molded models as well as Games Workshop is right now. For plastic-injected, I would agree with that, yeah. 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 The resin, stay away from it. <laughs> I have a big eight for for their resin, yeah. Um, because it's I think I think personally I think resin is a, is something that just needs to go away. Um, resin casting doesn't make sense anymore. Resin printing makes more sense than resin casting does. Um, but plastic injection molds, the detail in some of these plastic models is just absolutely gobsmacking. Like yeah. I can't, I'm I'm like this is so cool. Like <laughs> it really is. So I, I think that may be part of it. They're, you're paying a bit of a premium. Like they're not. 
they're not um, they're not a, a, a bargain tabletop war game, if if you will. They're not blocky chunks of plastic. They're not little wooden meeples. They're they're pretty high end stuff, that's for sure. So as Mogan says, hey guys, loving the combo, but I'd say I only complain about the price personally when they make face palmy decisions. My biggest one was when they came out with combat patrols, which was great, but then they soured it by removing SC boxes. Yeah, the the removal of the start collecting boxes was kind of. I think that's a repackaging. Like I don't know. Some of them have been really good. Um, I remember a few years back where they were bundling things, and it's like, why are you bundling things and not giving people a discount? Because typically you would go, I'm going to bundle this, and then I'm going to get 15% off, and I'm going to get more bang for my buck. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they would bundle stuff, and it was like no discount. It's like, that doesn't, that's not a bundle in my mind. That's just um, one click to sell me three things that doesn't make a lot of sense for me as a consumer um but it's some of the star collecting boxes have been great some of the combat patrols have been great Mm -hmm. some of them not so much yeah um but usually the value is higher usually usually um the indomitus set was amazing oh my goodness what a fantastic box set yeah um piety and pain was was pretty cool as well especially when we see what the new rules are like holy crow that that is a really good box set okay you know that's interesting too because when a box set like that comes out indominus or the star collected combat patrols whatever when they come out usually the response is oh wow that's a great value there's no discussion of that is a really expensive box set yeah yeah that's curious right because sometimes those boxes are what 200 plus sometimes 270 yeah, sometimes they're like one, one fifty, depending on like the size, whatever. Combat patrols are are higher than that, uh, yeah. but but still, the discussion is never that's an expensive starter set. The discussion is wow, that's that's a good value because it's compared to itself. If you buy everything separately, it is more expensive, but still, at the end of the day, you're dropping over a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, I think maybe in the end, Warhammer fans just really want, you know, give me five points, give me 10 points off the top, save me the taxes. Maybe that's all it takes. Maybe, maybe that makes it less expensive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a little something that, hey, we know we got you hooked. We, 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 know, we, we, we know we've got our, our, our fingers into your pie, so to speak. We've got our hands in your wallet. Mm-hmm. So here's a little bit of love to make it, make it a little bit easier to take. Maybe that's all it really is, just a little, a little kickback once in a while. Maybe they need a points program. Maybe they need something like that. The more you buy, the the more you get back. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be cool if they have some sort but of then like again, infinity program. I'm looking at my <laughs> pile of potential, my seven piles of potential. Oh, I have too many models back. You know there's a box back there that has a Phantom Titan in it? Oh, really? Yeah, I found that the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I know I bought it, and I went, oh. And then I put it away, and I'm like, where'd I put it? Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> this happens. Silver yeah. Skull Rewards Program. Nice. Yeah. That would be kind of neat. Yeah. And I'm sure it would be. Uh, you got to wonder if they've actually thought of that stuff before. If they'd be like, how would it do? Statistically speaking, after grabbing numbers and uh, revenues and analyses from other industries and what they do in their infinity programs, how would how would it do if it applied to us? Oh, people are buying our stuff anyway and they're clamoring over it. Hmm. Do we need to do this? Maybe not. Maybe we don't need to do this. Uh, if we do, we're just losing money because they're going to buy it anyway. So, uh, okay, I guess we're not going to do it. Like, I wonder if that's some discussion that they've had. Yeah, I would imagine that's that's a valid point. I mean, if we're selling out everything anyway, why would we? Why would we disappoint our shareholders? Because that's in the end, that's really what it comes down to, is disappointing the shareholders, right? Yeah. You know, they're a public company, so they are beholden to a group of people that are are wanting, you know, them to to make them money. Um, so you could buy shares in GW, and then technically you're supporting yourself, which would be kind of cool. You know, I, uh, I bet if uh, everyone had shares in GW, no one would complain. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's exactly it. Maybe that's what they're thinking. Buy our shares, then you won't complain. That's, that could be very much what they're doing. Um, I think it's interesting that they... I think it's really interesting that that they don't have that program, and I think it's really interesting that there's this theory that they're they're purposely limiting stock to go to f- to favorite local game shops um, by by directing everybody to the website and then selling out on the website and then limiting the amount of production that goes out. Mm-hmm. I heard that the other day, and I, I just kind of went, "What?" I heard that too. Yeah, 
And I'm like, okay, so I completely understand as I know several game store owners and they're frustrated mm-hmm. and I get it because they're, they're on allocation. They're limited to the numbers they can get. Um, the, the shipping is delayed. Um, and a big, big part of that is production issues worldwide right now and shipping issues worldwide. It's a, it's a real issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all because of different factories being shut down because of COVID and, and all of these other issues that are logistically affecting the company. But this has been starting for a while now that they've been doing this. The theory goes that they're driving people to their website so they don't have to sell to the end user or the, the game store and that they make more money by selling off their website. But if they're selling out on the website anyway, doesn't it make more sense to be selling through the game stores as well? Like if they're getting to the point where they're, they're sold out in minutes on online, why would they not have more for the stores? Like it's just more product. If they can't, it, it doesn't make sense that they would limit the amount of product. If there's a limited run, we only have 10,000 sets or 100,000 sets or whatever it is, mm-hmm. then sell it. Get rid of it. I remember back in the days mm-hmm. of fantasy where you walk into a store store and you this guy carries Warhammer. You know because he has a wall and a half, 30 feet of old fantasy kits that he's never getting rid of hmm. because they had to carry them. I don't think they want to do that anymore because they had to take a lot of that stuff back. Right. They had to discount that stuff. So interesting. When we, it's, it's, I think they're really keeping an eye on production and producing what they can sell, not trying to hose anybody. Could they sell more? Sure. Are they going to be left with old stock? Probably not. Does anybody really want those old dwarf kits? I know I do. Because <laughs> that's my whole army. <laughs> oh, that's a, that is an interesting one. Oh, man. Uh, you know, as much as uh, the game comes out, new codexes come out, and there's codex creep, and there's balance, there's also, like, uh, the actual... It's super meta-meta. The balance of the product itself, and it coming out, and it being sold, and it going out of stock, and it not being available, and it only being sold by Games Workshop, like, what what a fascinating thing to have happen. So okay, let, let's let's bring it let's let's stretch it really far back. Let's say that uh, they made this wild decision to no longer supply independent retailers. It's only them. You can only get Games Workshop product through Games Workshop. Uh, does that uh, hurt them? Or does that make it better for them, ultimately, in the long run? What do you think? Can you imagine what the shipping cost would be? Can you imagine if they only shipped from Games Workshop and they had a distributor in, in the U.S. and then or like a distributor in North America, South America. Can you imagine what their costs and shipping would be? Are you saying that thinking it would be much higher or much lower? Oh, it'd be way, way higher. Because in order for... Um, people to buy stuff from their website it has a cost of shipping right so that would actually increase the cost of their products because at a certain point there's usually a discounted shipping cost or what have you as it sits right now they have fleet discounts with shipping i've I've done a little bit of work with shipping and logistics and stuff in in previous lifetimes Um, the bigger you are the better the deal you get it's Mm -hmm. pretty much the way it works so if they're shipping all over the world to game stores and shipping by the pallet load this is a lower rate than mm-hmm. shipping by the package to individual individual persons. The amount of logistics it would take to track and to to take care of that many, it's not worth it for them in the long run. Would you not say that that would be offset by the fact that they'd be selling their product at full retail and not at a wholesale rate? Well, knowing what the cost that that retailers get it for, as opposed to what GW sells it for, it's not that much profit. I don't think it covers it. I think they would have to increase the costs even more. Really? You don't think that covers the cost of shipping? No, I don't think it would. Not in this case, simply because the the logistics on shipping worldwide. I remember when Games Workshop was mail order out of Ontario. Mm-hmm. That's how old I am. Like I remember that. And that was the guys were great, but they were off their feet. Because everybody was phoning them and this was we phoned them. Like we actually didn't email, we phoned. It was crazy. Or fax orders. Remember those? Good grief. Oh geez, yes. I do remember those. But you know, now it's it's click, 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 and then it gets routed and then it gets shipped and then it gets sent. But then people have to monitor that. And so, if you have a if you're shipping just to distribution points and then they're disseminating it, it's so much easier than shipping completely to the end user. So then why ship to the end user directly at all then why are they doing it at all 
It's an interesting point. Probably because there are people that can't access a Games Workshop sh- store, and there are people that can't access a favorite local game store. But they access these online stores that are independent of Games Workshop, right? They should be able to, right? Yeah. If they can, and then they can order from there. Right. So it's it's a curious thing. So why do they offer that at all? If it doesn't make sense to do that shipping wise, probably cover all their bases. When you think, if there's a, it's it's it'd be interesting to see the numbers on how it works because what is the price to the cost ratio of shipping directly to the end user? Mm-hmm. And if we're only shipping, let's say we're shipping twenty five percent to the end user and seventy five percent to game stores, and I'm just making up numbers. I have no idea. Does that twenty five percent make up for it? Is there a cost there? Do we do we cover that cost? Is it worth it for that? And at what point, what break-even point is it? Do you know what I mean? Where do we not? That would be interesting to see. But of course, we're never going to see those numbers. Um, but shipping is expensive, and small package shipping is incredibly expensive. And then there's all the headaches of lost packages, damaged packages. You know, when you're dealing with a game store, it's much easier to ship a pallet, and there's one or two pieces might be damaged. You're dealing with an account that a guy has got 150 accounts. And then he's dealing with those, and that's going up the chain, right? But if you've got you know an entire customer service team that now has to deal with every single end user that has a problem, that's got to be factored into it too. You know, it, it's funny because uh, let's take it in the opposite direction. Let's say they uh, because if you compare it to Amazon, right? Mm. Is that not what they are? That's exactly what Amazon is, right? Am- sh- Have you seen Amazon's return policy? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't, I don't know. But just, just send it back. It's basically just send it back, right? Yeah. 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 Just send it back. That's it. Does game? Here's my experience with Forge World, which is a Games Workshop company. Um, order got got messed up. It was it was quite mishandled. It was it was a pain in the butt. Um, okay, I, I well, I need this. I only got the body. The body is mangled. Can you send me this? Well, you've already hobbied on it. We can't send you a new one. I said what? I ordered this three months ago. I now it arrives a week before I need it. This is silly, guys. Come on. Yeah. This thing is mangled. No, sorry, we can't do that. It's a drop in the bucket. Just and I just went, wow. Just grab one off the shelf and send it. Yeah. I mean, they messed up the. Re- Eventually, they refunded my entire order. Yeah, but that that's still not what you wanted. You want the mini. You want the part. Like that's. I want the part. Yeah. Right. That was that was the key. And can you imagine doing that? on a hundreds of thousands level of, of people every day of like just giving them free stuff because they're just giving them free stuff. Cause they sent it back because it was broken. Now mine was genuinely damaged. Um, it, it was, it was just a mess. I still have it. <laughs> it was just a mess. I'm sure um, Amazon does that. Uh, they have yeah, but those kinds of numbers. There's a chargeback right? they work with. Right. Um, I remember re- doing this. Th- I don't know if Amazon's like Costco, but Costco is sort of the in-person Amazon, if you really think about it, right? Yeah. So uh, the way Costco works is you actually drop your stuff off. And uh, I remember watching a documentary on this. You drop your stuff off. This is what your floor space is, those special Costco pallets that you have to have, that you have to be able to put your stuff on. And then they sell your product. And then after your product is allotted its time on the floor and sold, then they bill you. Okay, here's what they here's what here's what they they send it back to you, and then you have to bill them. So they have that product for the longest time, and they haven't actually bought it. Mm. So they have it. It's Any returns occur. Yeah. It's effectively a consignment, and then then they bill you, and then they pay you net thirty, net sixty, net ninety, whatever the heck it is. Yeah. That's that's why Costco makes so much money, aside from their memberships, which they make millions on. Um, but that's one of the reasons they make so much money because yeah, go ahead and take it back. We're just going to give you another one and we're going to bill what was actually sent out to the company and send those returns back to them. Right. So there's no cost to Costco for that. Right. Whereas GW it's is the different. Cost the it's GW different. is different. It's their product. So right. I think that would make a big dent in that. But then again, I've always wondered, why don't you just melt the plastic down and use it again? Yeah. That's what I always wondered, right? Okay, so huh. <laughs> so many things, man. 
so many. We've gone on. A, we've gone on a wild ride today, Dave. <laughs> Holy crow, man! We're all over the map. We're definitely all over, man. Uh, and this was this was all. Was it? Who was it? Was it? Uh, I can't remember the name of the guy who gave the question. Um, all about uh, cost and expense. Yeah, this is interesting. Full frontal. That was uh, we full can fr- give that was a credit. great question. Great yeah. question, full frontal. You, you took us down a a winding path. That's for sure. I love it. <laughs> so, James uh, Dackness says, if I can't even buy the product, how long do I play this game? Make more, sell more. If the company isn't growing, then they are dying. Okay. Yeah, they're growing pretty big. Yeah, I mean, they're they're constantly growing. Has yeah, it- they're one of, they're nuts. They paid back their COVID within months last year. Like, it was ridiculous. Um. Yeah, make more, but make more of what? That's the problem. The, the top selling stuff, like that's a shareholder answer would be like, oh, what should we make more of, guys? Uh, what was the most profitable product of last quarter? Okay, <laughs> let's find a way to repackage that. Is okay. that why we have so many Primaris lieutenants? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about the armies that uh, you know people have been complaining about online? Complaining about online? Should we uh, make those? Uh, well, you know they don't really sell that much. Oh, okay, fine. We don't won't do it. We'll just go with we know what sells. All right, okay. Then maybe that's think, the reason why it just isn't done. That has to be the reason. It's it's money driven. It has to be. I think that's why we have so many space marines, don't we? Right. I, th- I think you just hit the nail on the head. I think I think we just uncovered the. We opened up the box. We've got a peek mm-hmm. inside. I think Dave, you've hit it. Um, space marines sell. Mm-hmm. So let's make more space marines. Space marines are always available. Let's mm-hmm. make more space marines. Space marines sell. It's just a. It's a circle. So if you want to, fans, uh, if you want GW to make more Sisters of Battle, go buy out all the Sisters of Battle. Mm. But wait a minute. Did we just do an advert for GW? How did that happen? <laughs> They're in my brain! They're in my brain! They got us! Ah. They got us! Ah. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's just it. What you said before is they, the claws. The claws are in, right? They're Me- in. Memberships? No memberships. They're going to buy it anyway. But it's 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 funny. Um, I think that is, there's a point there, though. You can vote with your dollar. You really can. Yes, you, you can. I, I absolutely, uh, I, that's probably the strongest voice that you, know, you, you um, can have, yeah. And it's you, you see those posts happen online a lot of times. Guys, if you don't think it's too expensive, just don't buy it. And that's really what it comes down to. Um, if it's too expensive, don't buy it. You know what? Okay, I think I just, uh, like this little like light nope. bulb just went off. Okay, so I'm going to make this uh, statement, and let me know if you agree. The most complained about models are the models that sell the most Ooh, what do you think the most complaint oh primary space marines oh primary space marines. there's so much complaining about it what is the most complained about models yeah primary space marines i mean there's people who would talk about stubbies for life and, and mini marines for life and we just we just filmed a battle report with Mini Marines versus Primaris because mm-hmm. people we had the we had the rematch. Steve and Tack, mm-hmm. um, our patrons picked it actually. They picked Steve's army. They picked Tack's units, and we just did that. I just did the audio for that. So yeah, you, I think you're right. The most complained about armies, maybe maybe they've got a search engine that goes, okay, what are people talking about? <laughs> Primaris, 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 Primaris. Oh, free advertising, then, free advertising. Okay, all right, we'll just fuel it. And we'll just keep throwing more. Oh, man. These guys, it's like they do this for a living. Uh, yeah. And they've been doing it for decades. <laughs> it's like they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, okay, for those for those who have said that GW does not listen to us and they don't respond to us, I think that is uh, grossly inaccurate. Yeah. I think they very much listen to us and very much respond to us by you and your point where we are voting with our dollars that's how they listen to us. Yeah, I think that's I think it's very true. Yeah, because uh, uh, I mean that's a loud voice, man. Oh, I you know what? I'm going to complain about not having corn berserkers, but I'm going to drop a thousand bucks on primary space marines. Which is the louder voice? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly it. I kind of I, I got to admit I have a ton of mini marines, classics, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. I'm I really I don't like painting power armor. I'll be honest. I I don't find it as satisfying as painting my pointy space elves. Um, but Primaris are way easier to paint than Mini Marines. Oh my goodness. There's so much the flatter surfaces, there's so much more to do. I do prefer painting them to the smaller Marines. I will I will give it that much. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, aesthetically, I think they're very good looking. 
I think they are. I actually like the way they look. Uh, I have nothing against that. Uh, And it's not so much that that I dislike. It's not the Primaris that I dislike. What I dislike is the lack of new corn berserkers. That's what I dislike. (laughs) Yeah, lack of new corn berserkers. I mean, you would think that Primaris corn berserkers... I mean, if yeah. a corn berserker, you mean I can kill more? I get an extra attack? I'm crossing the Rubicon. Absolutely. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Chaos doesn't have that, do they? No. Oh. No. Not- See, I have, a, I have a whole theory about where the universe is going that um, that they just take us off on another tangent. That's for <laughs> another show, though. That's 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 way out there. That's like I, I could go seriously hours just on that. <laughs> I mean, uh, that sounds fascinating. That fa- You know what that sounds like? A perfect excuse for a custom narrative campaign. Oh, doesn't it though? Mm-hmm. Oh. Custom minis, uh, converted minis. Oh. oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Ooh, that could be fun. That would be fun. Oh my goodness. Oh. Ah, it could be like a play on versus mini wargaming custom narrative campaign. Ooh, ooh, that would be fun. Would you guys tune into that? Would you watch that crossover? By the way, I'm just um, saying this tongue in cheek because I've seen your comments. Uh, th- thank you for your comments and enjoying the crossover. And by the way, if you haven't seen our crossover battle reports, because we've done two, one on PlayOn's channel, one on Mini Wargaming's channel. Uh, the one on Mini Wargaming was featuring JT and myself. It was our bat rep. Jukari versus World Leaders. So then, much fun. So much fun. Oh, man. The entire time was amazing. Uh, and then on PlayOn, it was myself versus Nick, and it was his Gene Steeler cult versus my World Leaders. So both games, amazing. Uh, we have plans... We have uh, imminent plans in the future to do more crossover. It's just a matter of restrictions and uh, when we yeah. can coordinate. That's really the only thing holding us back because we're both in Canada. Uh, we're on other sides of the country, so it's super far. You can fit about, you know, like four UKs in between us. Just about, yeah. Just yeah. about, but like, you know, same country at least. <laughs> yeah, same country. It's same country. Yeah, it actually makes a big difference because uh, depending on the restrictions at the time, you can travel from province to province, right? Whereas Buffalo, yes. which is 20 minutes away, I can't cross <laughs> that border. I can't go into the States. I have I have packages in my U.S. Dropbox that have been there for a year and a half. Uh, it's 25 minutes away. I can't go get them. They're like, yeah, we'll hold it. I mean, it's nothing big. I mean, it's a couple of LED kits and some stencils and some other stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it's just in there. Is, is and it has to be you that like I with your ID and size that someone well, can, can like pick them up for you and like ship. I them? could, but you know what? It's like uh, I asked them what would it cost to ship? Uh, Forty seven dollars? No. Yeah, it's That's just a, not no. worth what not worth it enough to get it. You can wait. Yeah, I can wait. I yeah. don't need them that bad. Yeah, the the night that's sitting there without his lights, we'll just sit there without his lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in my pile of potential. I, I, I like that in my pile. I stole of that. I stole that. And I can't remember where I stole it from. Uh, I would give him props if I could remember, but I'm, I, I really prefer that to the pile of shame plastics. No, man, it's potential. It's <laughs> you gotta be positive. You gotta, you gotta, I think it might've been Jim actually. Jim might've, might've, might've coined that phrase. Jim Vessel may have coined that pile of potential phrase. So I'm going to give props to him for it anyway. Mm-hmm. I've seen his rest. I stood outside his restaurant. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's a nice restaurant. It is a nice restaurant. I had no clue that he was a restaurant owner. Oh, yeah. He's no. a chef, man. And he's, he's a, a, chef, he's a yeah. hell of a chef. Yeah. No clue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just thought he was a tournament dude, really good at the game. I had no clue about his personal life. And that, that is super awesome. Oh, yeah. He's a great chef. He's a, he's an entrepreneur. And he's an amazing painter. And he's a good Warhammer player. He, the guy can just stop anytime. <laughs> like, it's enough. Yeah. If he could sing, I'd be done. No, that's, that's it. Too much. That's it. Renaissance yeah, man. Much. Not fair. <laughs> <laughs> where where did you uh, grab uh, to add to your genetic pool, man? Come on. Exactly. Just too many Not talents. Too many talents. Uh, okay, so let's switch gears for a sec and let's do a chaos comment bomb. Ooh. And so this one is, uh, this one's special, guys. This one's near and dear uh, to many people's hearts. So uh, if you want to participate in that, that'd be super, super Stellar review. Uh, okay, so this was uh, per JT's suggestion. I'm going to post a link in the chat here. So whether you're watching on Twitch, Facebook, or YouTube, you should see it there. It'll be unquestionable uh, what it is and where it is. 
And if you haven't participated in a Chaos Comet Bomb, this is how it works. You click on the link, you're brought to a YouTube channel, you leave a comment on that YouTube channel, and the comment could be something like, Dave and JT say hi from the Shrine of Chaos. Or it could be, you are being Chaos Comet Bomb right now. Or it could be something along the effects of, hey, Terrain Tutor, you're amazing. Keep on ma making awesome content. We love you. You've done so much for the community. Keep on doing stuff because it makes people happy. Whatever you leave, it doesn't matter, just as long as he knows he's been Chaos Comet Bond by the Shrine of Chaos. This is his most recent video that he posted on April 29th. The Road Back to the Bench. See that? That's actually very fitting. That video, because it's been a while since he posted a video, right? So he made that post, and he's uh, just telling about how he's getting back into it, making content. So uh, that's it. Now I'm going to go down and uh, just see the real-time uh, updating of the amount of comments. So when I clicked on it, there was 525 comments and let's see where the... oh wait it's not updating not yet no okay. i just i just commented too oh weird yes i see yours you know i got a comment as well let's see uh, the eye of air sees all <laughs> <laughs> and that's it man so thank you so much for participating in the chaos comment bomb without you guys Stuff like that doesn't happen, obviously. So. It's the coolest. He mentioned in that video how he said, I'm not pushing the Patreon. I'm not pushing the channel. I'm not pushing any of that stuff. Just comment, like, you know, just, just comment. Not even like, just comment. Comment. I'd love to hear from you guys because he's been away from the bench for a long time. He's been dealing with a lot of challenges and issues, which we all have. Um, I mean, every, every single one of us does. So it's nice to... To, for a guy who's given so much to the community i mean his video library if you haven't launched it and you need to build terrain this guy is just he's the he's a wizard man mm -hmm. and i love him and um his uh cracking on and and thing with whatchamacallits and all the little phrases that he has he's he's just a real asset to the community so i'm sure he would love to hear from everybody so please um comment bomb chaos it's, it's just the coolest <laughs> i think i think that uh artists in our community it uh they they would be the glue in our community because that they're, they're the ones that see like you see the hobby in action you see all this creativity you see the painting oh, yeah. stuff you see the terrain like with without that uh even the uh, the illustrators as well the artwork like uh everything in between the sculptors uh you name it the cosplayers and so mm, like yeah. all all of that type of artistry adds so much to the community it just enhances it it enriches it because that's some of that other stuff is like in the periphery and it supports it it isn't direct like train yeah. making that's not warhammer specific but they're making it for warhammer in a lot of cases right and it enhances, in a lot of cases yeah it, it yeah. enhances the hobby which is awesome i love i love seeing stuff like that it always inspires me to see that especially uh, channels that are dedicated to it who do it yeah. consistently that make good engaging videos that are entertaining uh so absolutely you know, and, and artists tend to feel the changes in the wind more than than others do as well. More sensitive to things, they're more aware of things. They, they tend to, when when the world changes, um, they don't necessarily change as well with it. And I find that a lot of a lot of content producers that are are very artistically motivated are very sensitive about their work and worried about their work. And sometimes it's just nice to let them know that they're doing a great job because. The internet can be a really dark and scary place. Mm -hmm. So those little comments and the comment bombs, I love the chaos comment bombs. But, you know, I've, I've as I've gone older, <laughs> um, I comment more and like more on more posts and more things simply because, you know what, I like it when I get that. And mm -hmm. I just want other people to know that I appreciate what they're doing. Even if it's just something that, hey, I dig this. Hey, this is cool. Um, you know, I used to scroll by and go, oh, that's neat. Oh, that's neat. Oh, that's neat. And maybe just, you know. That that doesn't add. To, that doesn't add anything. That doesn't doesn't do anything, right? That doesn't help the community grow. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe it's my own fears that oh, maybe somebody's going to notice what I do. But nah, fudge it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell people what I like. And I I uh, there's I follow some really great artists. Man, <laughs> I just shake my head. <laughs> I'm like I wish I could do that. <laughs> I yeah. wish I was that good. Yeah, there's a uh, so. One of my new favorite things uh, that I've uh, recently discovered uh, in terms of the, the art that we're talking about, now that we're talking about this, uh, is uh, when uh, when artists, they use an illustration, they use a GW artwork piece, and then they sculpt a mini based mm. off of the illustration. Uh, 
that that just blows my mind. That's like so cool. Like first off, to sculpt from scratch a mini, that is amazing. Right? Oh, so cool. That that um when you posted, oh my goodness. The Horus? Oh yeah. Yeah. The Orcus. Holy uh, crap. Yeah, like completely. I, I just from stared scratch. at it. Yeah, so for if you guys don't know what we're talking about, that's the the recent post I made on Facebook and Instagram where uh, there was an artist who made uh, an orc Horus. So he called it Orcus Rising, and it was amazing. It was completely from scratch, and the model like when I looked at the the first image that he posted, it looked like a, I, I thought it was an illustration. I didn't realize it was actually a, a, yeah. a model that he had converted and started to paint up. So. Super cool and inspiring. I love I love stuff like that, right? And so what that does, it it inspires me to make a story out of it, to to kind of like focus on it and to spotlight it and and just to kind of spread it out there to for other people to see this really awesome stuff that exists within our hobby. All these things that are appendages to the gameplay itself and to the the painting itself. So I love it. Just stuff like that I love. Can you think of an artist that sticks out in your brain? Ooh, um, yeah. Let me find. I, I want to get. I want to get the name right. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up right now. Um, I love watching her stuff. Um, she's painting Ultramarines right now. Well, that's that's her Blue Boys. Um, I think. I think that's her. Yeah. Um, she's painting her Blue Boys, um, and she paints them in a classic red gun shroud. Okay. On the bolt pistols. Mm-hmm. Um, on Instagram, it's Chick Paints. Chip or Chick? Chick. C H I C K P A I N T S. Okay. Um, yeah, I just totally dig the retro ultramarine look. Yes, I've seen her stuff. Yeah. So cool. So cool. So inspiring. Um, love watching that stuff. She's just it, it, follow her on Twitter, follow her on Instagram. I don't know what it, her handles on Twitter. I can't remember. I'm bad for that. Um, but I just dig the that retro old school vibe. It just looks cool. So here she is, Chick Paints on Instagram, and these are the models. These are the paint jobs. They're so cool. Just yeah. classic. Yeah. Yeah, I like that uh, that uh, edge highlighting and the, kind of like the crispness of yep. the model. It's it, it just pops. It pops on the tabletop. I'm, I've always it been does. a fan of that. It it absolutely does. There's another one I follow too. He's more of a content creator, but he just had a wicked car accident. I think I think it was a car accident. Valric. Chapter Master Valrak. Yeah. yeah, did you see that? Yeah, oh. I saw that. Yeah, so I posted about it. Uh, so here he is, right here, uh, and he sent a, a he sent a thank you note. Uh, just, Did he? Yeah, just for all the the positivity and, and love and warm wishes that everyone has been sending him. So it's if gotta he, suck, man. That's gotta suck. Yeah, like broken bones and uh, I don't know yeah. quite the extent of the accident. All I know is that he's in the hospital with broken bones. That's, I mean, it just whatever degree that is, it sucks, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you could head over to his his page, give him a like and comment. That's another one. Just call, let him, let him know you're thinking about him if you follow him. If you're uh, and if you're unaware, if you don't know what to say, the default little heart that works. Yeah, that works. It it just makes you know it, it's something that I've really. I I, I funny I, I marshal my time. Um, you know what it's like. We're content producers. We're busy, so I I spend you know a good hour. I take an hour of the day to go through Instagram, to go through these things. And I, I will comment on things. And if I happen to have my phone near me and it pops, something pops up, I'll comment on it, but I'll purposely go through and try to comment try to get X number of comments on other people's work Hmm. because I really, it's inspiring. And it's, if it's inspiring me, then I think it's worth me saying, Hey, that looks cool. Um, and that's how you build a community. That's how you grow this stuff. I mean, it's it's a smaller version of the of the, of the chaos bomb. The chaos bomb mm-hmm. hits it all in one go, and I love it. Uh, but it, it it creates a positivity, mm-hmm. you know. Circling all the way back to what we started talking about with the complaining, a lot of times that that adds a real negative element and it puts people off of the hobby. But I think you can, if you're going to complain, then I think you have to, you have to offset that by being positive on somebody else's work. So mm-hmm. how about that? Yeah. I will listen to anybody complain about Warhammer all day, as long as you're going and positively commenting on somebody else's work. Show me you did it and you can just, you can 
B-word at me all you want. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be that. That's got to be that uh, balance. That, that karma, right? That 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 yin and yang. You have to have it. It makes the sense to me. So it does. Well, JT, thank you very much for being a guest once again. Always welcome in the Trying to Chaos. Awesome, stimulating conversation today. It went. We went on a wild ride, man. We we, we, oh, talked, <laughs> we talked about a lot of stuff. There, I wasn't. I didn't know where it was going to go. Like uh, that's why I it love, was a hoot. That's why I love conversations with you. It's just kind of, and there's so much too. Like you have so much experience with things. And you're able to talk about so many things. It's just it's just a blast every time. I'm uh, like the talk show guest from 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 the from the future. You know, I'm the <laughs> I'm the I'm the I'm the guy who always is on the couch at short notice, right? <laughs> what was it? Who was the guy that always used to show up on the talk show host? I can't I can't remember his name. Oh yeah, Burt Reynolds. That's me. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant Don Rickles. <laughs> well, you know, there's that guy too. Yeah, him too. Yeah. Uh, so if you guys haven't uh, checked out Play on Tabletop's channel, be sure to check out Play on Tabletop on YouTube. Uh, they make stunning, high-quality battle reports that are super you, exciting and uh, just the best when it comes to the preciseness. The stuff that they create could be on Netflix or on TV. It is insane. First time I saw it, it blew me away, and it'll blow you away too when you watch it, if you haven't seen it already. So... Thank you again. Happy working. And 